All right, all right, all right. How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. It's been a while. Um, it's been a crazy just a few weeks, month for me. Um, I moved, so I'm officially like out of my old place into my new place. A couple boxes here and there, but you know, it's been a month. So you always have a box or two. You got to kind of figure out what the last thing is. Um, yeah, I had my vacation and I work full time and I've been trying to hit the gym like four or five days a week, get back in shape. I've got like 10 pounds to go and then I'll, then I'll be happy and all that's been going on and now I'm trying to sell a boat. (laughs) So yeah, uh, long story short, back when I was a kid in high school, this was probably like 15 years ago. Uh, my dad bought me this little like 14 foot dinghy kind of sailboat thing and we fixed it up spent like a week just doing like fiberglass fixing it took a sailing class and for about two years in high school on summer i got to my dad's and had a little sailboat so it's been in my grandma's barn for about 14 years (laughs) and uh, finally pulled that out a week ago uh, actually like four or five days ago now uh, yes, I'm trying to sell a boat. So yeah, it's uh, it's been busy for me. It's been busy. So that's why I haven't been putting out a lot. Um, good news is it's the slow time of the season, but two weeks from now is training camp. So I think there's going to be a lot more to talk about here in about two weeks. But anyways, um, wow. So a lot of things to get to. I'm going to get to the big news first, because as you've probably heard, this was like the breaking news this morning. Uh, I think I heard about this literally, I think, eight or nine hours ago. I think the first time I saw this was around like 9 or 10 a.m. this morning. I'm recording on Wednesday. Uh, You probably see in the title Richard Sherman. So Richard Sherman, former 49ers quarterback, cornerback, was arrested in the Seattle area. So just FYI, um, I am only giving you what I know so far. Everything right now so far is alleged, and this is just what I've learned so far. This is a new story. Uh, It's breaking, developing, whatever you want to call it. I'm just giving you the information that I have so far. So Sherman was arrested for a burglary domestic violence uh, there's possibly also going to be hit and run charges as well as a DUI. So, again, I'm just going to give you the information that I've heard so far from the police department, the state troopers, uh, other comments that have come out. Um, but, yeah, there it's crazy stuff going on. We haven't heard from Richard Sherman himself uh, as he is still in custody. Uh, We have heard from the police chief. Uh, We heard some stuff from his wife. Uh, So, yeah, just give you a quick rundown and try to kind of put the whole story together and then I'll give my thoughts. So it sounds like initially around 1 a.m. in the morning, uh, there was a car, which sounds like a Sherman's car, was driving and it was a reported call about a car driving dangerously going into a construction area uh, along i believe it was highway 520 uh, in the seattle area 
shortly after that call, uh, there was a crash where Sherman's car crashed into a concrete barrier around 1 a.m. About 30 minutes after that or so, there was another call or apparently, again, allegedly, uh, Richard Sherman was then at his in-law's house, which is approximately two miles away from the crash. Uh, from then, there was a 911 call made to the police. And I believe this call was actually his wife, Ashley. And the call has been released. If you want to listen to it, it is out there. Uh, I will say it is kind of disturbing. It's sad. Um, the 911 dispatcher was did not do a very good job. She was rude, abrupt. She wasn't giving clear directions. Richard Sherman's wife, Ashley, was on the phone. And obviously she was emotionally shaken up. So there was basically the 911 call. I'll get into that a little bit more details here in a second. After the 911 call was placed, around 10 minutes later, police arrived on the scene. Uh, they parked, then they approached Sherman, they talked to him. Apparently there was about 10 minutes of them interacting with Sherman. And then he was informed that he was going to be arrested. At that point, again, this is all allegedly, uh, he resisted arrest. Uh, and they were unable to arrest him. There was some type of scuffle that ensued with the officers, and then a canine was deployed, so one of the dogs was allegedly sent on him. Uh, it sounds like that lasted a few minutes, and then eventually he was arrested, uh, they took him to a local hospital. He was treated for minor wounds. It sounds like it was just like some leg scrapes and cuts. And then he was booked at the police department. Around 6 a.m. it sounds like was when he was officially booked. So, again, all allegedly, but time frame. Around 1 a.m., reported car driving dangerously inside a construction zone around 120 or 130 car found crashed into a concrete barrier around 2 a.m call made from the residence around 10 minutes later police arrive on the scene a little bit after that the arrest happens gets sent to the hospital and then around 6 a.m he officially is booked into the redmond police department jail in Washington state. So whew, crazy stuff, man. It is, this is not something that I would have expected from Richard Sherman. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a wild story. Um, the nine one one call audio, there was a whole lot that it sounds like information wise that we got from that. It sounds like, uh, his, wife Ashley was on the phone she was trying to get the 911 dispatcher to send someone out there to help because reportedly he was like bashing on the doors yelling at them let me in let me in uh, reportedly he was threatening to kill himself 
reportedly he drank like two full bottles of alcohol. I don't know the, how big those are, but a bottle of vodka and a bottle of something else hard. I can't remember exactly, maybe Hennessy or something. Um, just, just not good. Um, he, he was saying on the, he was yelling that he was going to resist arrest and like fight the cops if they showed up and he's not going down. And overall, man, it just sucks. I don't know what like happened, but I would say the good news, nobody was seriously hurt. Like out of everything that went down, it sounds like Sherman had a couple scrapes, you know, he probably had to get stitched up from when the dog bit his leg, I'm guessing. And he was trying to wrestle with the cops. Um, it was called a burglary domestic violence, but there reportedly was no domestic violence. So nobody in the family was hurt. Sherman didn't hit anybody. Uh, he didn't break into the house. He was just outside banging at the door, yelling. And then when the cops showed up, tried to arrest him, he didn't. So they sent the canines. Um, I think the whole, dom the reason why they're calling it a domestic violence thing is just because there is a family relationship. This was either his in-laws or his ex-in-laws. There was some weird stuff going on where I heard ex. So I don't know if there's some type of, um, I don't know, like family stuff going on in Sherman's life that we don't know about. Uh, yeah. So just, just just a weird crazy thing uh he was denied bail this morning but that's standard procedure in washington if anything is considered domestic violence they deny bail until the person who's arrested can be seen by a judge so since this happened this morning my guess is that he is probably going to be seen by a judge tomorrow thursday uh at which point i believe he will be able they'll place a bail on him i would assume so i'm sure we'll get a lot more information here in the coming days um yeah just overall weird weird just shitty story it overall it just sucks this really doesn't seem like richard sherman i know he's not on the team but sherman has always been a really upstanding guy he's always been a great teammate He's always been a great person. I know he talks smack on the field, but that's just, you know, he's he likes to talk shit on the field. He's never had any off-field issues. He's a smart guy. I mean, he's a Stanford grad, like, constantly, like, team captain. I think he's either the, a chairman or president of, like, the NFL Players Association. One of those things. So, just extremely out of character. And... I just hope that whatever is going on that he gets some help because we we've all I don't know if you have but I think we've all had some bad moments where we consumed a bit too much alcohol said and did some things that we regret um I think we've all done there and I do want this to have a little bit of a somber moment because Sherman's been talking about mental health a lot of players have been talking about mental health, you know, the mental health of football players. One of the one of the leading causes of depression, mental health issues, uh, causes of suicide, things like that is brain damage. And we all know that football is a dangerous physical sport. 
that has been shown to cause brain damage. So I'm not saying this has anything to do with that, but what I am saying is that it can happen to anyone. And I mean, you look at Richard Sherman, again, upstanding guy, everything we've always heard is great guy on and off the field. So out of character. I don't know what he's doing to, but I, what he's going through, but I do really hope that he gets the help that he needs um, because it seems so out of character. So my guess, my, again, speculation about the story, just me trying to connect all the dots here. If I were to guess as far as what happened and what led to this entire incident, Richard Sherman, maybe something we don't know, he, maybe he's been dealing with some personal issues at home. Maybe him and his wife got into a really bad argument. Maybe they were fighting. Maybe they were possibly separated. He, She was reportedly at the in-law's house. So maybe they were in a fight. She was staying at the in-law's. Sherman got way too drunk, got in a really bad place mentally, decided to drive over there, crashed on the way there, walked to the house, attempted to break in, got in an argument, started yelling, causing a scene, trying to force his way into his in-law's place. His wife called the police. The police showed up. Sherman was severely intoxicated, made bad decisions, fought with police. When he was told he was going to be arrested, they set the dogs on him. He ended up being taken down, then taken into being arrested, taken to the hospital, and then booked in jail. So... I'm trying to connect all the dots. This is, again, a breaking story. There's still a lot of developing news. Um, it just sucks, man. This is this is the kind of thing, like, these are the stories that just suck. Like, you don't like hearing these stories uh, when things come out about players, uh, especially somebody who's looked up to so much. You know, Richard Sherman is really a role model to a lot of people. So I really hope that he gets the help that he needs and, We'll, we'll find out more. Um, I'm really hoping that whatever happens, he's able to, you know, get it all taken care of. And he's treated fairly throughout the entire judicial process. Um, while his wife was making the 911 call, she said, please don't shoot him. He says he's going to fight the cops, but he's unarmed, so... Obviously, we don't want anyone getting shot when they're, you know, intoxicated, making dumb decisions. So, again, really good. Nobody was hurt. Really glad that the domestic violence was just because he was at an in-law's place, not because he hit someone. Um, shitty situation. Good news. Nobody's hurt. Didn't hit, a, didn't hit his wife or anything like that. Shitty news. I mean, he got arrested. He crashed his car. It's realistically it sounds like a DUI where you show up at, and again you have probably had a dumb situation like this where you got way too drunk you called an ex or got in a fight with somebody and ended up being some, bang, something stupid so I'm really hoping that this just ends up being a dumb DUI and hopefully he's able to move on and everything goes as smoothly as it can from here on out because it's just a shitty, unfortunate story. So 
I'm sure we'll get more information soon. Again, new story. That's just what we know. If you want to watch this, the uh, police conference, uh, press conferences, those are available. If you want to listen to the 911 call, you can find it. It's available. Um, it's not it's not pleasant, but it's 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 what's happening, and it's a big story. And uh, yeah, I know he's a former. He's not on the team right now, but. It's still a really big story, and he was great when he was here. So, anyways, I'm going to try and move on to something else a little bit more positive. Kyle Shanahan has been making news, and it's been entertaining. I, I do love our coach. <laughs> I do love Shanahan, and another person that I absolutely love is Joe Staley. And when you combine them in a hilarious viral video... Um, it's a good time. So you probably saw the video. Uh, it was really entertaining. Apparently over the 4th of July weekend. So this is again like a week and a half ago. I'm no, I'm behind on everything. <laughs> Apparently Shanahan is hanging out with Joe Staley. Uh, I guess they're neighbors or something. and Or Staley lives in the San Diego area. Shanahan spends a lot of time down there. I guess Shanahan and Staley were throwing back a few cold ones. And they're partying on like Staley's roof or something. And Shanahan is apparently what happened was that Shanahan was saying for like five minutes, like, oh, I can throw football. I can hit I can hit that that pizza oven across the street. You see that pizza oven over there? I'll throw a football. I can make it. Just you watch. And apparently he was just like talking this whole thing up for like five minutes. And then on the first try, Shanahan throws this football from like Staley's roof into a pizza oven like a block away across the street and nails it on the first try and uh it was funny it was really funny um if you haven't heard if you haven't seen it so far heard it do it Shanahan's cussing out there he's like I fucking made it <laughs> so that was pretty funny um yeah, so, God, I love Shanahan and Staley. Staley's so awesome. I, Staley, please, if you're listening, please join the Niners in some in one way or another at some point in the future because we would love to see you again. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go into coaching or media, and I'm all for him spending time with his family and being a dad with his kids. I think it's awesome that he's doing it, and I think it's cool he got to go out uh go out the way that he did. I mean, it sucks that we lost the Super Bowl, but Staley's always been amazing. And he, he left, I think at the right time in his career. And, uh, he, one of my favorite all time players, Joe Staley, just awesome dude. Awesome person. Awesome player. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention in regards to Shanahan is the new podcast that he was on. So about a week ago, Shanahan was on the flying coach podcast if you haven't listened to it yet, the Flying Coach podcast is Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football and Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams. They have a podcast that they host together. And about a week ago, Kyle Shanahan was on that podcast. So it was really entertaining. And if you haven't listened to it yet, highly recommend it. It's about an hour and 15 minutes or so with Shanahan and Sean McVay just talking about all kinds of stuff and it was just fun. I know we're division rivals with the Rams, but Shanahan and, and McVay are like really tight friends who go back a ways. 
I think all the way back to their Tampa days under Gruden. So, you know, like almost 20 years they've known each other and been friends. So it was fun to watch the the friendly, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, the, the friendly banter that they have with each other and all that kind of stuff. Highly recommend it. If you haven't to it, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a great listen. Uh, again, it's about an hour and 15 minutes or so of them just talking about everything. And it's a fun listen. I, I love listening to Shanahan. Uh, that guy is, he's a genius. He's entertaining. He's honest. And every time I listen to Shanahan, like I, I don't really want to stop. He's, I could listen to Shanahan talk football for hours on hours and hours. And it was, it was a great podcast. Anytime I have a chance to listen to Shanahan, I'm all for it. So Flying Coach Podcast, check it out. Other things that are in the news, Nikhil Harry has requested a trade. So you've probably heard about this. Nikhil Harry was drafted with the 32nd overall pick, I believe, in the 2019 draft by the Patriots. I think that was the right one. Like It was either 31st or 32nd. End of the first round, either way. First round wide receiver, and his first two years with the Patriots have not gone very well. So, his rookie season, and again, wide receivers, it's a very hard transition from college to NFL, so usually the first year is kind of difficult. His rookie season wasn't all that great, he had some injuries, and then he didn't really play all that well. And his second year, he just didn't really play all that well, didn't get a whole lot of opportunities, hasn't had a whole lot of targets. So about a week or two ago, he his agent actually came out and formally requested a trade and made it public. So what does that mean? Um, basically means that he wants out of New England, but New England can decide whether or not they want to let him go or whether they want to stick stick with him. And New England kind of holds the cards right now. I mean, he could, I guess, in theory, sit out this season, but it's kind of hard when he hasn't played all that well. I think he only has about four or 500 total yards over the course of two seasons. So it's not like he's been setting the world on fire. He's had injuries. Uh, and he just, he hasn't transitioned well, uh, from college. Now, I think the reason for that is because what does he bring? Like, what is the tape? What's his player profile? What does he play like? So in college, the thing that Nikhil Harry brought and the thing that stood out on his college film were his highlights and his highlights were... He was going to moss guys. You know, he was that big bodied go up jump ball, going to make a cool highlight catch kind of guy. And he could do that in college because of his physical abilities. Um, I don't have his PFF draft profile pulled up right now. Actually, let me, let me try and pull it up real quick. But if I remember correctly, he's six, three, six, four ish. So tall receiver, he ran like a four five three or something like low four fives, almost a four five flat. Um, and you know, possession 
possession kind of guy, go out and get it, throw it up to me kind of guy. Now the issues was that in college, he was not good at creating separation. So it was a whole lot of go deeps, a whole lot of jump up and get it, a whole lot of beat the, beat the cornerback. And let's be honest, like college corners, not always that good. Uh, let's see here. So let me do a search for Nikhil Harry. Uh, 2019 draft. Um, but yeah, so he wasn't good at creating separation. And when you can't create separation in college, it is that much more difficult to create separation in, uh, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Found it. So PFF had him ranked as their eighth uh, wide receiver. But let me bring up his uh, actual profile here just so I can get some information here. I know it's not everything, but it's some information. Yeah, it's good to see. So, um, wasn't really all that great at creating separation. Now that's a problem when you get to the NFL because windows get tighter, the corners are better, they're more athletic. So Harry has had a real difficult time uh, creating separation in the NFL. Now if you can't create separation on your own, usually you don't get a lot of targets. He has not been targeted a lot. I think that he's only been targeted, I want to say like 60 or 80 times in two seasons, which is why he's only had like 40 catches over the course of his first two seasons. So not really all that great as far as creating separation. And if you can't create separation, you can't get open. If you can't get open, you're going to have to be really physically dominant because corners in the NFL are so much better than in college. So the way that he won in college doesn't necessarily translate well to the NFL. But what he does bring is he's got a big body. Uh, I've got the measurables right here. So he measured 6'2", 228 pounds of the combine. He ran a 4.53. He had 33-inch arms and 9.5-inch hands, 27 reps on the bench press, uh, so yeah, I mean, you're talking a pretty big, physical, strong athlete, great at the catch and good hands. He had really good hands. I think he only had like a 1% drop rate, uh, one or 2% drops, uh, in the NFL so far. So really good hands, but not going to create a lot of separation. So that's basically Nikhil Harry. If we were to just condense it down to in a nutshell, so what's he worth? Would he be worth adding to the team? There's been a whole lot of things here and there as far as should we, should we not? Is he worth it? Is he not? I think it depends on what you're asking for. So reportedly, I heard something as like a sixth round pick. Hell yeah. If you can get Nikhil Harry, a former first round receiver, a guy who's like 6'2", 6'3", runs a 4'5", good hands, uh, you know, just kind of like go out and get the ball out of the air kind of guy. And we can use him as a wide receiver three. I'm all for it. Fifth rounder is probably about all that I would ask. The reason why I wouldn't offer too much is because he hasn't been that good. Like he was a first round pick. And he was legitimately thought of as a first or second round pick. Going into the draft, Nikhil Harry was looked at 
as one of the top wide receiver prospects. He's got talent, but he hasn't been that good so far. You know, how much are you really going to give up for a guy who over the past two seasons has had 500 yards? It's not really worth that much. But that being said, again, if you're able to get him for a fifth or a sixth rounder or like a conditional sixth, I say go for it because he's still physically impo- He's still very talented. He still has two years left on his contract plus a fifth year option. And what the Niners need right now is a wide receiver three. We've got our number one target, George Kittle. We've got our wide receiver one and two, and Ayuk and Debo. I think those three right there, 80% of the targets and catches. And that's awesome. So then you just need a guy to be the Kendrick Bourne role. So do I think he's a wide receiver one? No. Do I think Shanahan can scheme open enough plays that he gets, you know, three, four, five hundred yards and some key plays? Absolutely. Like, can he get 400 yards in a season as a wide receiver three in our system? Yes. Especially with the quarterbacks. Remember, like, his rookie season, he was with Tom Brady, but Brady wasn't all that good that year, and he was a rookie. And I think he missed half the season with injuries. So, you know, not that great. And then last year, I mean, Cam Newton, let's be real. Cam Newton was trash last year, and the Patriots were bad last year. So I can't really put all of that on him. You can't put all of him not being productive purely on him because he is talented, but he had some injuries his rookie season. And then last year was just not a last year was not a good situation as far as if you were a receiver in New England last year, it was not good. Like not only were there not many good wide receivers in New England last year, but their offense was just terrible. Their passing game was super inconsistent. So I'm not going to blame him entirely. I will say that he doesn't seem like a first round player anymore. But again, if, if we're looking at like a fifth rounder, I say, yeah, I mean, dude, like, let's be honest. Like, what do you actually expect from a fifth rounder? Like, do we really expect Talanoa Hafunga to be like an all-star you know, like he's a cool guy. I love his hair. Fun tape to watch, but physically very limited. I don't think that he looks to be a future starter. I like Talanoga. He seems cool, but like fifth rounder, like is he going to be a starter? I kind of hope not unless he shows something way different than his college tape. Uh, Jalen Moore, like, you know, you're talking a developmental offensive lineman where you hope in a year or two he's developed enough to be a quality, like maybe a starting offensive lineman after a couple of years of development. So, yeah, I mean, you know, fifth rounders, you can't really expect much from them. And if you can get to kill Harry for a fifth or sixth, I say go for it. Why not? You got him for two years. Uh, and a third year if you wanted the option. And since he was picked as like the 31st or 32nd, I think his cap hit would only be like one or 1.5 million a year. So that's, that's like nothing. Like, come on. It's not like he was going to cost like $8 million or something a year. His cap hit would be like one or 2 million. Totally worth it for a wide receiver three that you have three years of control. So I'm all for it. If we can get Harry for that, 
then I'm all for it. Now, I will finish this subject by saying that just because he made the trade doesn't mean it's going to happen. The Patriots still have to decide to make a trade. So, yeah. Basically, in my opinion, if he was available for a fifth or sixth rounder, he probably already would have been traded. So I don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I would gladly give up a fifth or a sixth. And I think most teams in the NFL would. And because I think most teams in the NFL will give up a fifth or a sixth, I don't think he's available for that. Otherwise, he would have been traded. So anyways, on to the next thing. Uh, State of the Franchise. Wow, I am behind. So State of the Franchise was two weeks ago when I released my last podcast. So I'm sure you already know pretty much everything about it. The main keys, 94 red jersey throwbacks, awesome. Two thumbs, way up. They look really good. They look really, really, they look good. I love the 94 throwback uniforms. They look great. And we get to see the red 94s four times this year, four games, which is awesome. Usually you only get two games with an alternate. And on top of that, not only do we get the 94 reds, four times this season but we also get my favorite jersey the 94 all white throwbacks oh i love it i love the 94 all whites they look so clean probably my favorite uniform they just they look so good so i love the throwback uniforms we get to wear them six games this year uh, the jerseys have been sold out like crazy. Like literally the day they came out, they were sold out within like hours. Uh, so good luck finding one. Maybe you can find them now. Apparently they're back ordered and everything. Uh, but I love the jerseys. They look great. Apparently the Niners even had to make a special request to the NFL to wear the jerseys more than two games and it was approved. So it's awesome. And what makes me even more excited is one of the games where they're wearing the all-whites is the game in Seattle. I will be going there. I live a little under two hours away from Seattle, so I'm going to go there. So look for me on TV, even though I'll probably be up in the nosebleeds because the tickets are ridiculous. I think it's going to be like $250 a seat up in the nosebleeds, so... Girl and I are going to go to the game. We're going to drop $500 on tickets and then everything else overpriced. <laughs> but it's going to be good. I'm excited. And the uniforms are awesome. And they better win because freaking Seahawks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uniforms are great. I love it. Uh, some other cool stuff. Uh, Patrick Willis and John Taylor are being inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame. And... Bryant Young is going to be honored this season in the 49ers Hall of Fame. Again, he was inducted last year, but he didn't have a chance to be honored for the induction because of the COVID thing. So that's awesome. Patrick Willis is one of my all-time favorite 49ers. So when I first really started watching football in the 49ers in 2011... That was the first year that I actually watched football as a fan. Like, I I wasn't interested in football really as a kid. Like, I played NFL Blitz, and that was about it. Just football wasn't a thing. 
uh, to me, really growing up. But 2011, I started watching football, started watching the 49ers, rooting for them. It was the Harbaugh first year, all that fun stuff. Patrick Willis was one of the most awesome players to watch. He is one of the reasons why I fell in love with football. Watching him in those games, it was just incredible. He was a maniac out there, just crushing everyone, flying around. I loved it. And Pat Willis, it's a shame that his career was short, but holy crap, did he have an incredible eight-year career. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl every single year. I think he was a five-time All-Pro, seven- or eight-time Pro Bowler, just incredible career loved watching him i wish that he played another five years but he left on his own terms and you can't hit a player for that so i love it pat willis amazing one of my all-time favorites the other one wide receiver john taylor uh he always was kind of like second fiddle to jerry rice but let's be real like john taylor was an important player on the 49ers for almost i think nine years and he played a key role in multiple super bowls so he deserves to be in there you know even if his numbers aren't super gaudy you know he had i think only one or two pro bowls i think he only had about 5500 career yards but i mean he was on the niners for a long time his entire career He was a key part in multiple Super Bowl wins, and he deserves to be in the 49ers Hall of Fame. So congrats, John Taylor. Congrats, Patrick Willis. Congrats, Bryant Young. I'm excited for them. All amazing dudes, and I'm excited to watch them be honored this year. So a few other things before we kind of finish up for the day. So uh, some exciting news about training camp training camp Levi's Stadium is going to be open for fans so some awesome some lucky fans are going to have a chance to watch some practices which means I'm sure we're going to have lots and lots and lots of stuff to watch lots of things to talk about training camp is coming up ah excited uh yeah so we're gonna have a ton of content in like two weeks it's July 14th on the 27th like Literally two weeks from now, they report for training camp. Training camp starts in, was it like 15 days? Like it's coming. Um, another thing, linebacker Nathan Gary was released. Eh, like, you know, we had like, we have like six or seven linebackers. I don't know if he was going to wait, make the team. He didn't have any guaranteed money. He was one of the worst linebackers in the NFL last year. Um, apparently, he had an ongoing foot injury. So, yeah, they, they let him go. Uh, he was released. And that just kind of clears up the linebacker room. We still know linebacker one, Fred Warner. Number two, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, it sounds like the guy's competing for the other spots. We got Aziz Al-Shair. Um, we have uh, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles. We have the veteran, James Burgess, and then the undrafted free agents, uh, Justin Hilaire out of Ohio, and I can't remember the other one uh, out of Kentucky State. I can't remember the other guy's name. 
uh, Eli something. Anyways, though, clears up the uh, linebacker room a little bit. We'll see how things look in camp. And the last fun little silly thing that I will discuss today is 49ers Twitter. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you know how dumb Twitter can be. If you're not on Twitter, sometimes you miss things. Sometimes it's just idiotic chaos. <laughs> so this is so dumb. This is so stupid. So dumb. Um, Trey Lance, there were some pictures that came out of Trey Lance working out at a sports facility. He was wearing one of those like training vests that looks like a sports bra. You know, they've got like the GPS trackers. They measure heart rate, your speed and all that kind of stuff. Looks like a sports bra. So, of course, Twitter's dumb. There was people arguing about it for like two days about how ridiculous the silly little like training uh, thingy is. The sports tracker. So, Twitter's dumb. People are dumb. If you're on 49ers Twitter, you know how dumb it is sometimes. It was all dumb, but you know, it's fun. And if we have a chance to laugh a little bit, it's all good. I could care less. I mean, yes, it looks silly, but who gives a shit? Like Trey Lance is out there busting his ass constant. The one thing that I will say, and this is all I'm going to say about this, at least today, because I'm sure I'll have another take the next time we talk about something else. I will say that I fucking love that all I see about Trey Lance is him training. Like, seriously, like, it's constantly just like Trey Lance training, Trey Lance training, Trey Lance training, Trey Lance training. The fact that this kid is busting his ass so much makes me feel good. So we'll see. He, uh, he continues to do the right things, even if sometimes... It looks like you're wearing a tra a sports bra. <laughs> but he's working hard. And I can't wait to see him in training camp. So, anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, this is still a little bit slow. As far as, uh, you know, the NFL news cycle and so forth. I think I just covered like two weeks of stuff. And, yeah, the good news is things are going to pick up very quickly. Training camp, again, basically two weeks away. So that's awesome. So again, right now, today is July 14th. In 13 days, July 27th, players report to camp. In 15 days, training camp. So get excited because next thing you know, the it's going to be that, that rock rolling down the hill, picking up rocks. Things are going to pick up steam. It's a little slow, but... Next thing you know, it's going to be training camp. It's going to be preseason. We'll get some preseason games with Trey Lance. The season's going to start. Like, football is so close. So close. It's, uh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for football. I know you feel it too. I know you do. So, get excited. It's approaching. Keep in touch. Um, yeah, I think... I don't know how much I'm going to be recording. I think I'm finally starting to kind of get in the groove again. I've got a, I'm trying to, I got to sell this boat because my grandparents, they sold the farm. So I need to like sell this thing before the end of the month. Cause I have nowhere to put it. I have an apartment. Like technically I only get one parking spot and my girl and I, we have two cars. So I definitely can't park a boat 
in the parking lot here. So I got to sell this thing in the next couple weeks. Um, but what I will say is before training camp starts, mark my words, before training camp starts, I will be going through each position group. Uh, at the very least, we're going to be going over each position group and kind of looking at who's on there, who we think is going to make the team, matchups and camp battles and so forth. So stay tuned. I will be posting. It'll be more than once every two weeks. I don't know exactly how much, but at the very least, I think I'm going to be putting out one a week because at the very least, I've got to do the offensive lineup, the defensive lineup, and that sounds like about three or four hours of the content. So I'm probably going to have to put out three or four more episodes uh, over the next two or so weeks before we really get into training camp. So thanks for listening. I appreciate all of you. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, if you don't like somebody, tell them to listen. If I annoy you, send me to somebody you don't like. Uh, if you do like it, do all those other things and spread the word. So peace out. I love all 10 of you listeners, and I will catch you next time.